Alhamdulillah, <coughs> واتل عليهم نبأ بني آدم بالحق إذ قربا قربانا فتقبل من أحدهما ولم يتقبل من الآخر قال لأقتلنك قال إنما يتقبل الله من المتقين صدق الله العظيم Most respected elders and brothers in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our master, our cherisher, our nourisher, our sustainer, our provider. And we send the choicest of salutations upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Respected friends and elders, we have this great bounty and blessing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored upon us and that is the bounty and the blessing of Iman. If we have to look at this point in the world, there are billions of people 
five plus billion people around the world that have not been given at this point in time the blessing and the bounty of Iman. And for many of us, probably the majority of us seated here today, this bounty and blessing came to us with very little effort. We were born into Iman. We grew up with Iman. Other people throughout the history of time have had to search for Iman. They've had to sacrifice and give up sometimes their lives their wealth, their property, their families for the sake of Iman. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has been so kind, so merciful to us, the majority of us seated here, that this bounty and this blessing of Iman has come to us without any difficulty, without any sacrifice from our side. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us this great bounty in our country of the freedom to practice upon this Iman. There are absolutely no restrictions whatsoever in our country. Travel to different parts of the world, Western world and even parts of the Muslim world and see how difficult it is sometimes for people to practice upon their deen. Just this ni'mat that we have, that within a five kilometer radi radius and in certain places even more concentrated, we have so many masajid available that we can go and perform Jumu'ah Salah. In certain parts of the world, you will find <clears throat> that people will have to travel up to one hour and more. They would have to leave work just to be able to attend the Jumu'ah Salah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored us even more with the infrastructure of deen that we have in our country. And not only for ourselves, but our children as well. We have got so many bits of infrastructure that can assist in nurturing the Iman, in growing the Iman. Again, look to different parts of the world and you will see how difficult it is for children in Muslim homes to learn this beautiful deen. So my respected friends and elders, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we have to ponder, we have to appreciate, tadabbur and tafakkur. We have to really ponder upon these beautiful blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us. And not only should we be pondering upon it, but we need to do something about it. True appreciation is not just to say Jazakallah. True appreciation is to do something with this blessing and this bounty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us. We find that our objective in this world is to recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every single human being from the time of Adam alayhi salam till today and all the way till Qiyamah, their objective is to recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ And I have not created jinn and mankind except إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ أَيْ لِيَعْرِفُونَ In one tafsir, that I have not created jinn and mankind except that they should recognize me. This is our objective in this world. And you and I are so fortunate that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already given us a head start. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already given us a head start towards his recognition by blessing us with this wealth of Iman without any sacrifice on our part and by blessing us and placing us in this particular country where we are free from any restrictions to practice and to recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we in comparison to the billions of people today and the billions and billions and trillions of people that have passed by from the time of Adam alayhi salam, you and I seated here today, we have a head start over each and every one of them. So we need to value this. So our objective in this world is to gain the ma'rifah, 
to gain the recognition of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How does one get the ma'rifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? In order to gain the ma'rifah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the first thing that we have to develop is the mahabbah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How will we develop the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? We have to adopt taqwa. We have to adopt Allah consciousness. And how will we attain or what is taqwa? We will attain taqwa with ita'ah with the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The simple meaning of taqwa is to follow the do's and to stay away from the don'ts. To do that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us and stay away from those things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has asked us to stay away from. So if we look at this equation, ma'rifah, recognition, is linked to mahabba, love. Love is linked to taqwa, Allah consciousness, and taqwa is linked to ita'ah, the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So by obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by doing the do's and staying away from the don'ts, we will achieve the ma'rifah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed and given different occasions throughout the entire year and in the life of a believer certain special occasions and seasons wherein the taqwa of a believer can be increased. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the month of Ramadan so that we can la'allakum tattaqoon. We heard throughout the month of Ramadan that fasting has been prescribed upon you so that you may attain taqwa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions لَيَّنَالَ اللَّهَ لُحُومُهَا وَلَا دِمَاؤُهَا وَلَاكِي يَنَالُهُ التَّقْوَى مِنْكُمْ when talking about the verses of Qurbani, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that the meat of the animal, nor the blood of the animal, it does not reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But what is the objective? The taqwa from yourselves, that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking for. It is mentioned with regards to the revelation of this verse that at the time, of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, when sacrifices were made by the people of Jahiliyyah, they would rub the blood upon the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon the Baytullah as a token of offering. And so it was asked to Rasulullah sallallahu that could we not do something like that? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds that I am not in need of the blood and the meat of the animal. I'm not even in need of that meat that you are going to be feeding the poor with. I am able to feed all of these people. Rather, I am looking for taqwa from your side. So these are different occasions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us throughout the year. And alhamdulillah, we are living in a particular time, in a particular 10 days, wherein Allah subhanahu uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has mentioned, مَا مِنْ أَيَّامٍ الْعَمَلُ الصَّالِحُ فِيهِنَّ أَحَبُّ إِلَى اللَّهِ مِنْ هَذِهِ الْأَيَّامِ الْعَشَرِ that there are no days, there are no days in which actions are more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than these 10 days of Dhul Hijjah. No days. These are the best days of the year. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, Wal-Fajr Ashr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes a oath, an oath by the morning and by these 10 nights. It is mentioned that fasting during these days gives us the reward of fasting for an entire year and staying awake on these nights and making some ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the guaranteed reward of Laylatul Qadr. 
Imagine in the last 10 days of Ramadan, we search for Laylatul Qadr. And there's no guarantee. Perhaps it might have been on the 21st night, the 23rd night, the 25th night, the 27th night. Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us the guarantee that within these first nine nights, a person that stays awake and performs ibadah will get the reward of a person that has stayed up on Laylatul Qadr. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives different occasions to help to increase our levels of taqwa. Now it is up to us whether we take advantage of this or not. In fact, in these 10 days, there are certain special ibadah, uh, acts of worship that have been prescribed. One of which is fasting, the second of which is keeping the night alive. And very importantly, Abdullah bin Umar narrates that in these days you should increase tahleel, la ilaha illallah, takbir, Allahu Akbar, and tahmeed, alhamdulillah. This is the special zikr of these 10 days. It is mentioned that Abdullah bin Umar and Abu Huraira radiallahu anhum, both of them in these 10 days would go out into the marketplaces. They would go out into the business houses, into the shopping centers, and they would recite this takbir and the people aloud, and the people would also recite this takbir aloud. It is mentioned that the fuqaha from the tabi'een, the followers of the sahaba, during this first 10 days, as they were going through the different roads and towns and on their uh, journeys, they would recite the takbir, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, walillahi alhamd. They would recite it aloud. So my respected friends and elders, these are the special actions that we should be carrying out in these days. And then we find that we have the day of Arafah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is reported to have mentioned that the best day of the year is the day of Arafah. The best day of the, of the year is the day of Arafah. That person, and for us this will be on Wednesday next week, the day before Eid al-Adha, a person that fasts on this day, it is hoped that his sins for the previous year and the coming year will be forgiven. Of course, these are the minor sins. Now we are in a part of the year when the fasts are so easy. It's absolutely easy. It's like a person has breakfast and has dinner and he misses out lunch. Sometimes not even that. So we should try and engage in these acts of ibadah during these uh, beautiful days that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with. Hazrat Mayunus Patel sahab rahimahullah would mention with regards to these 10 days that لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ That if you appreciate these days, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that if you appreciate and show appreciation by showing the right importance in these days, then certainly we will, we will increase the blessings for you. And Hazrat mentions that the pious Salafus Salihin, they would look forward to these 10 days of Dhul Hijjah. When Ramadan would depart, they would feel a certain sense of longing and a certain sense of depression because the ibadat that they were carrying out in the month of Ramadan, now they are out of the month of Ramadan. But they will eagerly anticipate the first 10 days of Dhul Hijjah because it is like a mini Ramadan that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with. And then of course we have the very important act of Qurbani that will be taking place next week, Thursday onwards. And we, Alhamdulillah, we're all aware a person slaughters an animal. But what is the essence of this Qurbani? Taking into account everything that we have discussed today, one is the physical cutting that we will engage in. 
or perhaps we may be sending it to a different part of the world. And, and remember, Qurbani is waji, wajib upon every single mature male or female that has the nisab of zakat on the days of udhiyah it's wajib there's no question about it if you have that minimum amount which is approximately 9000 rands then it is wajib upon you it's not a choice we have to carry out this qurbani so it's very important that we understand that but one is the animal that we are slaughtering but what is the true essence what are we trying to achieve in this Qurbani. What is the spirit of Qurbani? We find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has narrated to us one of the first known sacrifices in the history of mankind. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Surah Al-Ma'idah to narrate to us the story of the two sons of Adam alayhi salam upon whom the first known sacrifice has come to us and the story behind this and there are some amazing lessons that we take from this that link up with the spirit of qurbani you see qurbani comes from the word qaruba yaqrubu and that means to come near or to draw close we are trying to draw close to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this word qurban which comes in uh, the quran the meaning of this the linguistic meaning is something the, that is the means of bringing you closer to someone else. Something which brings you closer to someone else. In Shari terminology, of course, Qurban or Qurbani refers to the animal that we will be sacrificing. So in the story, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that there were two sons of Adam alayhi salam, Habil and Qabil. Qabil was the elder one. And at that time in the Sharia of Adam alayhi salam, it was such that because it was they were from amongst the first to populate this world. Sayyidah Hawa would have twins that were born to her, a male and a female. And the male from one set of twins would get married to the female of the other set of twins. In that Sharia, it was permissible looking at the need of the time to populate the world. So Qabil, Qabil had a sister that was born to him and Habil also had a sister that was born to him but Habil's sister who was supposed to get married to Qabil was not very beautiful whereas Qabil's sister his real sister that was born together with him his twin was very beautiful so Qabil des desired to marry his own sister contrary to the sharia of that time which was to marry the sister of Habil and we can see from that time this nafs has always prompted a person to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this was brought forth to Adam alayhi salam and Adam alayhi salam suggested that you should both offer a sacrifice and whoever sacrifice is accepted in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that would be the person who would marry the sister of their choice. And the reason behind this ulama explained that Adam alayhi salam, he realized and he recognized that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would only allow that sacrifice to be accepted which, which was in conformance with the sharia of that time so habil was a shepherd and he offered a very beautiful lamb as a sacrifice whereas qabil he was a farmer and it is mentioned that he gave some crops but they were not of the best quality so at that time the indication of the acceptance of the sacrifice was such that it was placed on a mountain top 
and a fire would come down from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and consume that sacrifice. And if it was consumed, then that sacrifice was accepted. So they found that Habil, his lamb, was accepted the sacrifice, whereas the sacrifice that was offered by Qabil was not accepted. So from here we, all, we take a lesson that when we offer a sacrifice in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it should be a good sacrifice. It should be from amongst the best. When we spend to, in accordance to our ability, we should spend on the best. Like when we purchase a vehicle, our desire is to purchase the best. If a person has the ability to buy the top of the range vehicle in that particular class, then he'll buy it with all of the extras. When we buy a cell phone, a person wishes to buy that cell phone which is the best. When we dress ourselves, we like to buy that which is the best. So when we offer something as a sacrifice to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, within reason, within moderation, of course we don't need to go on excess, but a person should not offer the weakest, the lowest, the cheapest form. So that's the first lesson that we take from the story. Then we find that Qabil, he mentioned to Habil that he got angry and he got upset and he said that I will kill you. I will kill you so that I can marry the person that I want to marry. Ulama extract from here the second lesson that when we offer a sacrifice which we will be doing next week, there must be ikhlas and sincerity. When we do something, it must be done solely for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should not be offering that sacrifice so that the person next to us can say, what a beautiful animal this person had. What a big animal this person had. What an expensive animal. This person, no man, he always has the biggest animal. It's always giving us the toughest fight. That should not be our intention. Our intention should be khalisan li wajhillah. Exclusively for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the third thing, which is very important with regards to all of our ibadat, the response that Habil gave to Qabil. When Qabil said to him that I will kill you, Habil mentioned, إِنَّمَا يَتَقَبَّلُ اللَّهُ مِنَ الْمُتَّقِينَ That verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only accepts from those who are the muttaqeen, only accepts the sacrifice of those who are pious. Qabil in this instance was not adopting taqwa. He was going contrary to the sharia of Adam salam by wanting to marry his own sister because of his nafs. So as a result of that, his sacrifice was not accepted. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions as we discussed at the beginning that It's meat and its blood is not reaching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but the taqwa, the God consciousness that is supposed to be engendered within you during these 10 days and as a result of the sacrifice that is what is reaching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so the third lesson that we take from this incident is that we have to adopt taqwa the objective of this sacrifice is not simply to distribute the meat. It's not simply to get into the cutting of the animal. And mashallah, nowadays we have people that get really into the act of qurbani and they have the best knife and they choose the best animals and they have the best feed. And for the 10 days from the time the sheep has, has been delivered, they are completely absorbed with those sheep, sometimes to the extent that they forget about their salah with jama'ah, they forget about parda with people of the opposite sex. 
this is not taqwa respected friends and elders we have to bear in mind that when we carry out this action it has to be done in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the final lesson that we take from the story or this incident is that the most important aspect is the acceptance of our actions and our ibadah that when we offer something we have no guarantee after Ibrahim السلام, he built the Kaaba. What a great achievement. What an honor. What was his first dua? Rabbana taqabbal minna. Oh Allah, accept this from us. We have no guarantee that there was ikhlas in our action, that there was taqwa in our action, that we did things in the correct way. We have no guarantee. And if we don't have those ingredients, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may choose not to accept our actions. Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu an mentions that if I become certain that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has accepted a certain deed of mine, then I would not surrender this blessing in exchange for the entire world that would be turned into solid gold and that would come into my possession. Rather, I would take nothing in comparison to this blessing. Let me repeat that, that if I had to have assurance that one action of mine had to be accepted, I would not exchange it for the entire world that would be changed into gold and that would be given into my possession. Similarly, Abu Darda mentions that if I knew that one salah of mine had found acceptance in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that is far more than the whole world full of blessings. That is far more than the whole world full of blessings. Hazrat Umar bin Abdul Aziz rahimahullah once advised a person and he said to him that I tell you to hold on to taqwa without which no deed is accepted. And mercy is not shown to anyone except to those who observe taqwa. And without it, there is no divine reward on anything. And then he concludes, and this is something that each and every one of us has to ponder, that there are many who preach it, but very few who practice it. There are many who preach it, but very few who practice it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the true understanding in conclusion. We spoke about the fact that we have this great blessing of Iman, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored us over billions of people. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us certain occasions throughout the year wherein our Iman, our Taqwa can be increased. One of these spiritual high seasons that we find ourselves in is the first 10 days of Zul Hijjah. So we should take advantage of these days by engaging in fasting, a little bit of dhikr and tilawat and salah at night. We should engage in takbir, in tahleel, reciting la ilaha illallah, alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar. And then when it comes to this very great act of qurbani, then we should ensure that firstly we have ikhlas, we have sincerity in what we are doing. Doing it solely for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That this act is done in accordance with the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And it helps to increase our God consciousness, our taqwa. And then most importantly, that we should try and hope and make dua for acceptance of these acts from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alamin
الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الصلاة حي على الوفلاة حي على الوفلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله الحمد لله الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهتدي لولا أن هدانا الله فنعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته أجمعين ومن اتبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد عباد الله اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون واتقوا يوما ترجعون فيه إلى الله ثم توفى كل نفس ما كسبت وهم لا يظلمون فإن أجل الله إذا جاء لا يؤخر لو كنتم تعلمون وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام الكيس من دان نفسه وعمل لما بعد الموت والعاجز من أتبع نفسه هواها وتمنى على الله وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام أيضا اتق الله حيث ما كنت وأتبع السيئة الحسنة تمحها وخالق الناس بخلق حسن وقال عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه حاسبوا أنفسكم قبل أن تحاسبوا فتوبوا إلى الله جميعا أيها المؤمنون لعلكم تفلحون فقال تعالى قل يا عبادي الذين أسرفوا على أنفسهم لا تقنتوا من رحمة الله إن الله يغفر الذنوب جميعا إنه هو الغفور الرحيم بارك الله لي ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعني وإياكم بما فيه من الآيات والذكر الحكيم أقول قول هذا فاستغفروا إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأن محمدا عبده ورسوله قال الله تعالى بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر وأصدقهم حياء عثمان وأقضاهم علي وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب أهل الجنة وحمزة أسد الله وأسد رسوله رضي الله تعالى عنهم وعن كل الصحابة أجمعين اللهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم انسر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين 
إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر وشلا إله إلا الله شلا إله إلا الله شلا محمد رسول الله شلا محمد رسول الله حي على صلاة حي على صلاة حي على الفلا حي على الفلا في قامة صلاة قامة صلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله سووا صفوفكم straighten your rows ensure that all the gaps have been filled in الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين سبح اسم ربك الأعلى الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهدى والذي أخرج المرعى فجعله غثاء أحوى سنقرئك فلا تنسى إلا ما شاء الله إنه يعلم الجهر وما يخفى ونيسرك لليسرى فذكر إن فعت الذكرى سيذكر من يخشى ويتجنبها الأشقى الذي يصل النار الكبرى ثم لا يموت فيها ولا يحيا قد أفلح من تزكى وذكر اسم ربه فصلى بل تؤثرون الحياة الدنيا والآخرة خير وأبقى إن هذا لفي الصحف الأولى صحف إبراهيم وموسى الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين والتين والزيتون وطور سينين وهذا البلد الأمين لقد خلقنا الإنسان 
الإنسان في أحسن تقويم ثم رددناه أسفل سافلين إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات فلهم أجر غير ممنون فما يكذبك بعد بالدين أليس الله بأحكم الحاكمين الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمدا الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تباركت يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم لا مانع لما أعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا ينفع ذا الجد منك الجد لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم إنا نسألك الهدى والتقى والعفاف والغنى اللهم إنا نسألك العفو والعافية في الدين والدنيا والآخرة والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا ورزقا واسعا وعملا متقبلا وشفاء من كل داء اللهم أحسن عاقبتنا في الأمور كلها وأجرنا من خزي الدنيا وعذاب الآخرة إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وأصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين